0: You just lost your loved one. Now what? Welcome to the Grief in Life podcast, where we explore this new reality through grief-colored lenses. Openly, authentically, I'm your host, Nina Rodriguez. Let's get started. Hi, welcome back. How are you? Really, how are you? This podcast is being recorded the Wednesday after Easter Sunday and Siblings Day Monday. So, how's your grief hangover? So, fun fact, did you know that in 1995, a woman named Claudia Evert founded National Siblings Day to honor and celebrate siblings? She did this after she lost two of her siblings early in life in separate tragic accidents. According to the Siblings Day Foundation website, Evert wanted to start a holiday to emphasize how important and precious sibling relationships are. She specifically selected April 10th in honor of her late sister Lisette's birthday. I think that that's a beautiful way to honor Claudia's siblings, and now our own. And it also speaks to why, when we lose a loved one, we often feel this insatiable need to say their name, to immortalize our own memory of them in any way we can. These notable holidays and days can be heavy on our hearts, And they often highlight the absence of our loved one or loved ones. They're also a beautiful reminder of the need many of us experience to want to honor our loved ones and be able to say their names. You know, I wasn't sure if I was going to make the second podcast because as a recovering perfectionist, I immediately regretted publishing the first podcast. It felt too vulnerable and way too exposed, and I'm just showing all of me to the world. And being an introvert by nature, I just kept thinking, what the heck am I doing? <laughs> like, what am I doing? And that's when I started to remind myself of my why. Last week, my husband and I went on a mini mental health getaway to Tulum, Mexico, which, by the way, was as Pinteresty as I imagined it. That place is gorgeous. Initially, I didn't want to go because I was on a roll with knocking out some goals I had, including publishing the first episode of the Grief and Light podcast, which by the way, thank you, deeply. Thank you to everyone who listened and for your private comments about how it served you. That fed my soul and reinforced that I'm on the right track. And that is a huge part of my why. I want to do this to connect with you and with that raw sense of humanity we feel when we're grieving. It feels like an impossible journey at times, and having stories to listen to and learn from makes it just that much more doable to walk the path. We gain new perspectives, and we find nuggets of hope and light that just might get us through the next day, week, month, year, life, on slightly more stable footing. So going back to the story... While my husband and I were in the dreamy paradise that is Tulum with margaritas in hand, the ocean breeze in our hair, and the coolest hotel lounge that we could imagine, I started to question the plan that I had for the Grief and Light podcast. I started to question if I even want to do it. And if so, what exactly is the point? Do I really want grief to be an even more active part of my life? I'm a serial analyzer by nature. I overthink my overthinking, and that's just how my mind works. But also, there's a bigger issue, if we can even call it that, of me thinking that all is well in the kingdom when I'm feeling calm and happy. I mean, how could you not be when you're on vacation, your nervous system is regulated, the drinks are flowing, and the views are giving. All is well in that moment. But then I'm reminded of my desire to connect. To connect with you, listening to this to connect with my own emotions to connect with what I feel is meaningful in life to connect with capital t truth and the desire to share my story my discoveries along the way and the desire to discover and share your stories these desires are strongest in the everyday life in the routine this vacation in loom as wonderful as it was was simply a break from the often suffocating reality of grief and life and the routine and the mundane. Paolo Coelho, the famous author of The Alchemist, a book that changed many lives, including my own when I was 18, he also said, If you think adventure is dangerous, try routine. It's lethal. And those words have haunted me and motivated me for many years grief amplified them and placed a bold exclamation point at the end of that phrase. Loss reminds us that life is finite. Like that famous quote attributed to Buddha says, the trouble is you think you have time. By the way, if you can't already tell, you'll notice that I like to speak in quotes. So if you're a quote lover like me, then you're automatically a part of my soul tribe. In fact, I encourage you to tag me on Instagram at grief and light wherever you find a quote that resonates with your grief journey. I would love to see them. Okay, tangent over. So back to the routine. If you think adventure is dangerous, try routine. It's lethal. This is part of why taking breaks, adding pockets of joy in life, and jumping on the opportunity to experience a new adventure has become key to my survival and to thriving after grief. The reason this podcast is named Grief and Light is because grief taught me that it is not just this gray, gloomy, dreary, mopey emotion, which funny enough, I live in Miami and this week it has been raining every single day. I'm actually looking out the window right now and it is so dreary and gray and gloomy, so funny, but that's not all of grief. Grief is also an entire spectrum of light, both visible and just outside of the detectable frequency. It's a million shades of gray, and it's also an entire color wheel of light. It's feeling both sadness and joy in their fullest form, intensely and at the same time. The key word being and. I realize grief is not this or that, it's this and that. I visualize it as a Venn diagram where we mostly exist in the middle. In my early grief, I was in my grandmother's house where my brother died. I vividly remember walking by the kitchen, staring at the pool outside, and suddenly feeling this bizarre flood of I don't know what through my body. But it freaked me out because it was nothing that I had ever felt before. I felt cold and hot. And it shook my cells at a core level. I felt happy, but I also cried of deep sadness. I felt out of breath, and it was so powerful and all-consuming that I started to panic thinking I was having a heart attack. Now, this was no panic attack because I've had plenty of those before, and this was not that. This was different. It was feeling like I was not in control of my own body or emotions. I felt my chest expanding as if it was physically adding a new chamber to my heart, where I now had the ability to feel multiple emotions in their peak states and at the same time. I took in deep breaths, and the symptoms started to subside. I calmed myself down, and just like that, I was back to quote-unquote normal. I stood in place trying to process what the hell I just felt. That moment, it dawned on me that grief is very much a physical experience. And at that moment was when the word felicitresa was born in my mind. Felicitresa. In Spanish, felicidad means happiness or joy. And tristeza means sadness. Felicitresa became my word for what I experienced at that moment. I think the closest English equivalent would be happy-sad. It's a compounded word because, to my knowledge, there is no single word for this feeling in our vocabulary. If there is, please let me know. I didn't even understand why I had such a strong reaction and there was no one particular thing going on at that moment to trigger it. I think if I put meaning to it now, years later, looking back on it, it was just my body's way of processing the emotions that had been stuck since my brother's passing. As if my body could finally emotionally throw up. Gross. (laughs) I know. But it's the closest thing to what I felt. It was both gross and a relief at the same time. It was all the things at once. I'm sure many of you can relate and I'm just curious if you've found a name for this because it's just so bizarre. And this is one of the many experiences that seem to be so common in grief, and yet we are nowhere near prepared to deal with them. It's been three years and seven months and one day since I lost my brother. In that time, I went from the morning slash early grief to the year of firsts to the second and third years, which I refer to as the years of permanency. When we're still in disbelief, that our person is actually gone, and that we will have to face the rest of our lives without them. That is one heck of a truth to swallow and digest. And to be honest, that shock has yet to wear off. Some days, it feels like my brother is off in another country, and he'll come back. Somewhere in the future. Soon, I hope. Other days, it feels like I have to look at a photo just to remember this actually happened that he was actually alive, and that I haven't just lived my life as a single child. This is a bizarre feeling that I'll be going deeper into in a future episode. In the early grief, which I generally refer to as the moment of his passing until about the second year, I desperately searched for information to help me process this new reality. I searched for books, Instagram posts, therapists, support groups, you name it. That's where I learned about Megan Devine, the author of It's Okay Not to Be Okay, and Brian Smith of Grief to Growth, and Lee Whitting of the NDE Radio, and many others. But only a handful were talking specifically about sibling grief, and the information felt incomplete, disjointed, and lacking in specificity about the adult sibling grief experience. Still, I joined the handful of sibling grief support groups that existed and found that we all share a common sentiment about the lack of information and resources available to us. Yes, there were textbooks about the stages of grief, which many have misinterpreted and has arguably caused more harm than good to the bereaved. And there were other posts about how long is too long to grieve, which, yeah, (laughs) that's a whole episode in and of itself but other than a few people posting their personal stories on Instagram, almost nothing felt authentic and relatable, at least to me at that time. The sibling grief support groups were my oasis, and they still are. There we found community of people from all walks of life who just got it. No psychology or therapy books or breathing exercises or studies, just human beings there for each other holding space to be us, and allowing ourselves to say exactly what we were feeling. No filter needed. That, in and of itself, is incredibly powerful. So if you are grieving and have not yet joined a grief support group, I highly recommend you give it a try. Most of them meet virtually, so you can literally be on a call while sitting on your couch, wrapped in your favorite blanket, sipping on your favorite tea or whatever you like to drink. It's truly been one of the few self-care experiences that have allowed me to breathe a little lighter after grief. And in case you're wondering, there's usually a lot more laughing than crying. There's room to laugh as we share memories of our loved ones, and laughter is always good for the soul. Again, one of the paradoxes of grief and felicitresa, or happy sadness, you will cry uncontrollably and you will laugh uncontrollably. If you like more information about these grief groups, feel free to DM me on Instagram at griefandlight or email me at infogriefandlight.com. I can share the ones that help me, and at least it could be a starting point for you. There are groups for all types of losses, and I found it useful to connect with groups specific to your type of loss because the color wheel of grief is so varied that it's very helpful to share stories with those who are walking on your similar path. Back then, I used to think grief is grief and any group will suffice. Now, I know that there are infinite nuances to how most of us process different types of loss and the unfolding sequence of the secondary losses. Meaning, it's not the same to suffer the loss of a stillbirth, for example, to an adult sibling loss, to the loss of a parent at an early age, to the loss of a parent at 90 years of age, to the loss of a child, to the loss of an adult son or daughter, etc. So more specifically, how we process the loss of someone who suffered from, say, cancer for many months or years, to the loss of someone who died suddenly in a car accident on their way to work, can be very different from each other. So for this reason, I believe it's very important to find your grief tribe, if you will, and that will likely be more beneficial than a generic grief group. And on that note, I'll lightly touch on the topic of therapy based on the story shared in the sibling grief groups. Not all therapists are created equal. It's so important to identify one who is grief literate and not just by their studies or degrees, but also from some sort of personal experience as well. Studies, I've found, often fall short of the actual grief experience, and can often be more hurtful and even harmful to the griever, especially if the practitioner is grief illiterate. I personally did not go the formal therapy route, but that is not to say that I don't believe in therapy. Actually, I think everyone should have therapy at some point in their life because we're just human. We're humans, and we will inevitably need that one-on-one support to sort things through. What I am saying is to be very selective with who you listen to and understand that not all therapists are apt to be grief therapists or even grief therapists for you. So choose carefully and listen to your intuition if you feel something is off. All of that to say, this journey can be very lonely and isolating. It can leave you feeling disconnected from yourself, from your life, from your family, from your partner, from your community, from your work, etc. So when you have the space to do so, I encourage you to seek community and support in the existing grief groups organizations and professional service providers it will help you become embodied again it will help you in your own timing to come back to yourself and move forward with the shattered pieces around you at least it did for me and many others on this journey life will never be the same but it can still be imperfectly wonderful I would love to get to know you and your story. If you feel like sharing, whether privately or in the future episode, I would love it if you message me on Instagram at griefandlight or via email to info at griefandlight.com. And if you know someone who may benefit from listening to this episode, please be sure to share the love. I know I would have loved to hear these words during my early grief days. That's it for today's episode. Be sure to subscribe to the Grief and Light podcast. I'd also love to connect with you and hear your thoughts and your stories. Feel free to share them with me via my Instagram page at griefandlight, or you can also visit griefandlight.com for more information and updates. Thank you so much for being here, for being you, and always remember you are not alone.